The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Zeal. If you want a good massage but don't have the time to get one, have the massage come to you with Zeal. You pick the time and the location. Have your next massage on demand at home. Our listeners can get $20 off their first massage with promo code BIGIDEA. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 24th. In today's news, Paul Ryan has blunted an immigration rebellion for now. President Trump threatens a 25% tax on imported cars. And North Korea is sending more mixed messages about the Singapore summit. But first, the big idea. Why Trump has started using the term spygate. House and Senate lawmakers are set to meet later today with top intelligence officials as President Trump tries to raise new suspicions about the federal investigation into his 2016 campaign. Trump is calling his newest attempt at discrediting special counsel Bob Mueller's Russia investigation Spygate. In recent days, he's been embellishing reports that a longtime U.S. government informant approached members of his campaign team during the 2016 election in a possible bid to glean intelligence on Russian efforts to sway the election. Trump told one ally this week that he wanted to, quote, brand the informant a spy because he believes that the more nefarious term would resonate with the public and get extra media attention, according to the Associated Press. He debuted the term Spygate on Wednesday, despite its previous associations with the 2007 NFL scandal of the same name over videotaping coaches calling plays. Last night, the Trump administration relented to Democratic criticism that they are politicizing intelligence gathering and agreed to brief a bipartisan group of lawmakers in addition to two House Republicans about the FBI's source in the investigation. The Justice Department announced it will hold back-to-back meetings this afternoon, one for House Intelligence Chairman Devin Nunez and Oversight Chair Trey Gowdy, and another immediately afterward for the bipartisan Gang of Eight and Gowdy. The Gang of Eight is the top Republican and Democratic member of the House and Senate Intelligence Committees, as well as congressional leaders from both parties. Initially, the White House was adamant that only Republicans would get the briefing. Meanwhile, President Trump has begun asking confidants and associates how likely they think it is he could get impeached next year if Democrats win the House. And he's telling them that he thinks Democrats will overplay their hand. One senior White House official tells us that the president has started using the term Trump derangement syndrome. This is the conservative argument that Democrats are so against this president that they view everything he does as a scandal. There were two other Mueller-related developments on Wednesday. Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law and senior advisor, was notified that he has been granted a permanent security clearance to view top-secret material. This is an indication he may no longer be under scrutiny by the special counsel, who's been investigating his foreign contacts and other activities. Last month, Kushner sat for about six hours of questioning by Mueller's team on a wide range of topics, including his meetings with foreign officials during the transition and Trump's firing of FBI Director Jim Comey. A person familiar with the matter says Kushner's permanent clearance was granted by career White House and intelligence officials after the completion of his FBI background check. Current and former law enforcement officials agree it would be very unusual for someone to get a full security clearance if there were an ongoing criminal investigation that had the potential to result in charges for that person. A federal judge also agreed yesterday to begin the process of preparing to sentence George Papadopoulos, a former advisor to Trump's 2016 campaign. Papadopoulos pleaded guilty in October to lying to the FBI about Russian contacts during the campaign 
and he's been cooperating with the investigation. The willingness of Mueller to start the sentencing process may be a sign that their need for assistance from the young consultant is coming to a close. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, House Republican leaders have at least temporarily blunted an internal rebellion to force votes next month on protecting young undocumented immigrants from deportation while they negotiate with the GOP renegades on an alternative path forward. But with conservatives and moderates far apart on crucial provisions, there was little sign Wednesday night that the warring factions would be able to reach a workable agreement on a compromise bill. Republicans spent more than an hour yesterday in Paul Ryan's office trying to forge a solution. They plan to reconvene on Thursday. The backdrop for the negotiations is months of failed internal GOP talks, dating to last August when Trump announced that he was canceling DACA. Paul Ryan is trying to assemble a Republican-only immigration bill that could get the necessary 218 votes to pass the House without Democrats. That's so far proved to be impossible, though negotiators acknowledge the discharge petition has forced them to give it one last go. Another Republican signed that petition yesterday, Representative Eric Paulson of Minnesota. That means just four more GOP signatures are necessary to force an up or down vote on a bill that would help the Dreamers and protect them from deportation. Proponents had informally aimed to complete the petition by Thursday, today, when Congress is set to leave Washington for a week-long recess. That would force votes on June 25th, one of a limited number of days this year when such measures can be considered under the rules. But Republican leaders are working everyone very hard to keep four more from signing. Number two, the president is formally weighing a 25% tax on imported cars in a bid to force concessions in negotiations about the future of NAFTA. Officials may cite national security grounds to justify it. Trump used that same provision of U.S. trade law in March when he called for tariffs on foreign-made steel and aluminum. The threat to impose an import tax on cars is widely seen as an attempt to press Mexican officials to accept a U.S. demand that a higher percentage of auto content be made in American factories. Number three, North Korea is threatening to reconsider Kim Jong-un's participation in a summit with Trump next month, saying it is up to the U.S. whether the two countries meet at a table or in a, quote, nuclear showdown. The punchy statement comes a day after Trump suggested that there was a substantial chance he would postpone or cancel the meeting in Singapore if North Korea does not meet certain unspecified conditions. A close aide to Kim unleashed a torrent of invective against the Trump administration Thursday morning, calling Mike Pence a, quote, political dummy for remarks he made to Fox News. Despite the squabbling, though, North Korea is expected to still blow up one of its nuclear testing sites on Thursday afternoon. It's a mostly symbolic gesture intended to show seriousness about making peace. The North Korean regime took a group of foreign journalists to the nuclear testing site in the mountainous northeast region of the country to document its closure. However, Pyongyang is not allowing in any experts, making it difficult to assess what exactly they've done. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, May 24th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.